So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. I'm Erica. And I'm Chris. Welcome to So We Met Online. If you're looking for more information, find us online at SoWeMetOnline.com and all social media at SoWeMetOnline. Today's episode is sponsored by Urban Stems, an online flower company delivering beautiful bouquets and gifts from coast to coast. See what's in bloom at UrbanStems.com. Use the promo code NUDGE20 for 20% off your order. That's NUDGE, N-U-D-G-E, 20. So, we met in real life (laughs) playing adult kickball. Is that a thing in L.A.? It is not a thing in L.A. There are kickball leagues. Yeah, it was a kickball league. It's not so popular, but yeah, I've seen them around. Well, I used to do it probably from the time I was 22 to, I don't know, 29. I loved it. I loved it for the game because you feel like you're in elementary school again. I loved it for the camaraderie, the new friendships. I loved it because we all went out afterwards and socialized. I just liked it. It was a fun thing to look forward to once a week. It also happened to be a really good place to meet people (laughs) for dating purposes because, you know, you're like-minded. You like to do something mildly athletic. You're right. You're social on purpose. You know, I found myself making friends there and going on dates with people I met there. And I met someone in particular. This is funny because it's not even the story I want to talk about. But I'll just say briefly, (laughs) this is why I tell everyone to give someone two chances. Mm -hmm. Because our first date was boring. You know, Chris, I have no problem talking. I feel that you've learned that about me. Yes, I I feel like everyone listening (laughs) has learned that about me. But we really had nothing to talk about. And I remember we did do dinner. My caveat to your dinner thing is if you've met in person and there's at least some attraction, that's fine. Go to dinner because at least you know you like to look at each other. So I remember we went to a Mexican restaurant. You know when something is so quiet, you can just hear... I could hear myself munching on the tortilla chips. (laughs) It wasn't ideal. And I thought to myself, nice guy, but not for me. This is funny because the theme of our episode is money and relationships. And I'm, I'm not even talking about that yet. But I thought, yeah, nice guy. So he emails me the next day, just some something innocuous. It was nice to meet you. I wrote back, yeah, really nice to meet you too. And I figured that would be the end of it. But then we actually start having some witty banter over email, which I thought was funny because that mild amount of witty banter was more banter than we had for the entirety of the date. And he was really funny over email. And I thought, is this even the same guy? And then he asked me out again. And I thought, well, this is interesting because I didn't have a great time on the date, but he clearly can be funny. Maybe he was nervous. I don't know. So he asked if I wanted to go to a baseball game. I happen to really love going to baseball games. I figured, why not? It was like I was on a date with another person. Mm. We had a great time. He was hilarious. We ended up completely hitting it off and dating for a year and a half Mm. after that. That's just a a short aside. You know, if you're not sure, give it a second chance. But now we're going to talk about the demise of the relationship. Uh Everyone has different views about money. And I think a lot of that has to do with how you grew up what kind of means or not you grew up with. I think it has to do with what your parents have instilled in you or what somebody has instilled in you. And I think it also has to do with what you decide is worth spending money on. I'm, for example, not into buying fancy clothes. 
when it comes to clothes, I prefer <laughs> I prefer quantity over quality, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. I'd rather have 10 sweaters that might fall apart in a year versus one super fancy expensive sweater. So that's just me. So we all figure out what we spend our money on. You know, I'd rather buy a really nice meal versus going to the hair salon. So he and I disagreed on a few things when it came to spending money. One, and the most annoying for me, was parking. Okay, look, I don't make it a practice of valet parking or parking in a really expensive lot, but if there is no street parking and it's really cold out, I'm going to suck it up and do valet parking or park in a lot because I work to have these small pleasures in life, to be able to buy these little things that do I need them? No, but are they really nice to be able to have? Yes. And I remember there was one night, we were in Old Town Alexandria, I still remember, it was so cold. And for anyone listening, I have this, this is way TMI, but I have this circulation problem in my toes, where if I'm in the cold for too long, I lose all the blood flow to my toes and fingers, and is very bad, and somewhat dangerous if I don't fix it. Right. So the last thing I need is to be walking in the cold, oh my gosh, I think we drove around for half an hour, we parked like three miles away, and had to walk in the cold to wherever we were going. And I thought, what is this? My gosh, we really have different views on money. So we go out to dinner one night, a double date with a couple I knew from my former job. And the husband of this couple, and I don't mean this in a negative way, though the word is kind of negative. He's a schmoozer. Mm. You know, he knows someone here. He knows someone there. It's always like, hey, 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 what's up? Hey, man. So we go to the restaurant, and before we've even looked at the menu, food starts coming out. Mm. Food we had not ordered. Mm. I guess the husband of this other couple knew the chef Mm -hmm. and, you know, was treating us really well. I mean, I can picture where we were. The food didn't even fit on the table. It was one of those serval tables. You need corners. Food needs corners. More space. Right. More food, more space. What's the pizza thing? What's the square pizza? Domino's. We don't cut corners. Uh-huh. Little Caesar. Whatever. Anyway, all this food is coming. And, you know, at a certain point, how much more food could I eat? And I'm thinking, well, I assume some of it is going to be comped because the chef knows the person I'm on the double date with. It's an exorbitant amount of food. The check ultimately comes and everything was on there. We were charged for everything. Nothing was comped. Nothing was comped it kind of put us in an uncomfortable position because we wouldn't have ordered half of that amount of food. You know, if I were the husband of this other couple, I probably would have offered to contribute a little bit more. But maybe he thought, well, I gave us this amazing experience. I have no idea what he was thinking. So kind of under his breath, the person I was seeing said, "Mm, this is really expensive. And I agreed with him. Mm -hmm. It was really expensive. And I said, would you like me to split it with you? I thought that was fair. You know, it was my friends we were out with. I I felt badly. And he said, no, no, of course not. Remember, he said, of course not. Uh I said, okay. I figured I offered. He doesn't want my money. Right. Fine. We get outside. We're walking towards, maybe we were walking to the car three miles away. I don't know. And he starts complaining, like obsessively complaining to me about how much that dinner was. After he said... After he said, of course not. Look, you can't have it both ways. So we got in a big argument about that. And he wasn't wrong that it was overpriced. We shouldn't have had to pay all of that. But he was wrong to complain after I had very clearly... And this is not a fake offer. Like, 
oh, do you want me to, you know, this was a real offer. We had been together long enough that yeah. I was perfectly happy. Okay. And maybe he felt like that was emasculating in front of the other couple. Look, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But we had a big fight about money that night, about mm. what we each spend things on. And that was actually the last night of our relationship. Huh. And we didn't break up over the dinner. It wasn't about the cost of the dinner, but all of these little things where we disagreed about money added up over time and time and time again, you know, I'd want something, a small luxury, whatever that is. Maybe it's the parking, like I mentioned, and he didn't. It brought us to the end of the relationship. And it's funny. I thought it was going to be religion that would drive us apart because at the time I was pretty confused about whether I wanted to be dating someone Jewish or not. He was not Jewish. His parents were very religious. I did find it funny that on Christmas one year, I really liked his parents too. Every gift they gave me had a Jewish star on it. I'm not sure if they had never met anyone Jewish before, but I got socks with a Jewish star. I got a candle with a Jew. I'm like, I get it. You know I'm Jewish. I thought that was going to be the demise of our relationship because we had talked about marriage we had talked about children Mm -hmm. and he said the kids are going to get christmas and hanukkah presents (laughs) no it turns out what it came down to was money and that's my story well how about when we come back from the break we can dive into all of those areas we know from experience that the death to most relationships are problems with sex family religion and money so let's talk about it we'll be right back As some of you know, I had an employee at my business, a little nudge, and when she left the company, I wanted to send her something. And the perfect thing I could think of was flowers. I ordered her flowers from Urban Stems. Urban Stems flowers are sourced fresh from their Rainforest Alliance certified farms and delivered fast, like, like fast. So for birthdays, anniversaries, or just because, it's really easy to make someone's day. They have shipping next day nationwide. They also have in-house floral designers that design every bouquet. There's free delivery on every order, and every order comes in stylish packaging with a personalized note. So if you're thinking about buying flowers, use Urban Stems and use the code NUDGE20, that's N-U-D-G-E 20, for 20% off your first order. Welcome back, everyone. It's no surprise because I've shared a lot about my marriage on our podcast. But one of the reasons my marriage ended was because of money as well. I didn't know that. Yep. She was a money hungry. Oh, I won't say that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, she really loved spending money. And it was one of the things that we could never agree on. And I knew there was a problem the day that she came home and... She decided to buy, well, she decided that she needed a standing fan. You know, one of those fans that stand up in the room and they swing Mm -hmm. back and forth and they keep the room cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That type of thing. Well, she went and she bought three of them. At least it wasn't a $31,000 table. No, you're right. (laughs) But she bought three of them. And I said, well, why did you buy three fans? And she said, well, they were on sale. Okay, but you didn't need to buy three of them. Well, I have a question. So... I've never shared finances with anyone. Yes. One is a question just about sharing finances and how you facilitate that. But two is, you know, I know some couples have a rule where if you're going to spend more than X amount, say $500, you have to tell your spouse, but anything under that you don't. Is that something that you had in place? No. 
it was pretty much she had 100% control over all of the finances and she did what she wanted with my money because she didn't work. Not that I'm bitter. But I think that is a valid question. And I do think that a lot of couples handle those types of things differently. Mm -hmm. Like you said, sometimes they have separate accounts for their own personal needs and they have a joint account for the family expenses or right, bills or, or things like or that. Whatever right. it is, sure. Um, I also have heard where, uh, you know, you need to have a little stash for things like presents. Yep, I've heard the that The problem too. that I always had was I could never actually go and really be surprising to buy a present for her because she was looking at the bank account every day. And if I went to wherever, she would know you were just shopping and spent $150 at wherever I went. So it's that level of control that she had over our finances that personally, I don't think is healthy, especially in new relationships. Yeah, but you must have allowed that level of control. I eventually allowed it for a lot of reasons we don't need to get into on the podcast. But I think money can become a major challenge and a reason why relationships ultimately don't work out. Right. And like with sex, for example, as long as you're both in alignment on your expectations, the amount doesn't really matter. Like, let's say you both like it once a week. That's great. Your expectations are aligned once right. a month, every day, as long as you both are in alignment on that. And I think the same is true of money. If you're both in alignment on what you like to spend money on or what you think is appropriate to spend money on, then that's what matters. It really doesn't matter what you're spending it on as long as you two agree on it. Right. And it's all about budgeting your money and how you're going to manage that. Mm -hmm. You know, so again, as an example, if you know that X amount of money is coming in and you agree that all bills must be paid for for the month before any other money can right. be touched, that's a great standard that you can establish in the relationship. And the problem is, just like you've said before, people don't know when to talk about sex or they don't talk about sex in the time when it would be appropriate to talk about it, as in not during sex. I think the same is true for money. You know, it's definitely best to address monetary issues before they become overwhelming. Oh, like, I would argue that things like personal debt mm -hmm. or credit score or some of these types of things are probably more taboo to talk about in a relationship than sex is. Which is so interesting. And then you let this monetary issue fester. I would recommend bringing it up to your partner before you become resentful of your partner's spending habits. Have you ever asked a partner's credit score? No. Has anyone ever asked you? Yes. And? I don't tell them. What do you say? I say That's it's an inappropriate question, or is it not? I don't know anymore. Yeah, I think credit score is probably an inappropriate question, but I do believe that debt is an appropriate question. So when I say something like, can you share with me how much debt you have? I think that is something that is a reasonable question to talk about and understand as you're getting into a relationship. Yeah, when you're in a relationship. You should not be asked these questions. That's on a not first a first date, date question, no. Well, just like I tell people, you know, I we keep making the analogy between sex and money, yeah. but man. Are you ready to withdraw? <laughs> yeah. I'll... Allow me to deposit some funds into your account. Oh my God. I can't. I can't right now. I yes, can't. you can. Come no, on. I can't. I'm usually the puns. <laughs> Erica is blushing and she doesn't know what to say right now. Don't blush, please. That's just freckles. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, just like I tell people not to talk about their sexual preferences in their online dating profile because that's something you should share with someone when you're good and comfortable, I would say the same about money. Yes, I would agree that you don't really talk about some of these things in the early stages of a relationship. But as the relationship starts to grow, maybe that's a month, maybe that's two months, maybe it's at a point in time where you start to start planning things. Like maybe you decide you want to go on a trip together mm -hmm. and that trip is going to cost money, to, mm -hmm. you know, and you start to talk about your finances and some of the preferences that you have with finances. You know, maybe the conversation about debt comes up. I know a lot of people still have personal debt in terms of student loans, sure. right? And so I think, again, when you're bringing that into a relationship, it is important, but you're right. That does not have to actually happen or that conversation doesn't have to happen at the beginning of the relationship, but it needs to happen. Well, I think that just like you can accept more of someone when you know them better, someone who has already become invested in you probably has more tolerance for debt or low credit score than if that information came out when you just meet because you then take it as part of the package. I think that can be good and bad. Let's give this as an example. Let's say I meet a woman and she doesn't reveal what her credit score is or what her finances are or anything like that. And I don't ask. And our relationship progresses and we've now dated for about a year and we decide that we're going to get married maybe or if nothing else we're going to move in together mm -hmm. and let's say we start the process of moving in together and we go to sign a lease for a new place or we you know need to get a mortgage for a house or whatever the case may be and all of a sudden something happens due to her credit that could put an extra strain on the relationship that you were unaware that of, i was right? unaware of earlier right? and i may now, me personally, I don't think I would care, but I know other people out there may decide not to pursue that relationship if they would have known that information ahead of time. I agree with you. Well, it's just one of those things. It's one of those personal things that you have to decide when you're comfortable sharing it. This is interesting. One of my clients once sent me an email that he was angry that after three dates, a woman revealed to him that she had genital herpes. And he said, I can't believe she didn't tell me that up front. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not something she should have to share with strangers. Right, up front. Up front, because she wants to know that she likes you first before she's willing to share that intimate information. Now, granted, debt, finances, credit scores are in no way the same as genital yeah. herpes. Yeah. But it's the same concept of, I don't want someone to judge me based on this one aspect of my life. Sure, and that one aspect of your life could have materialized because of any number of reasons, Sure, right? Uh, some people have bad credit or bad debt because of their last relationship. As I mentioned, in my marriage, mm -hmm. I had a huge problem with money because of my wife. She wanted to spend all of her money even before paying off our bills. We actually had to enter bankruptcy. We filed for bankruptcy. Really? Yeah. And as part of that, as if maybe our listeners know, maybe they don't, but a bankruptcy will stay on your credit for up to seven years. And that has a huge impact on your credit score. It impacts being able to get loans and mortgages and everything else, that one bankruptcy. So for the first seven years, which luckily for me was two years of our marriage and then five years after our marriage, mm -hmm. I had to suffer the 
wrath and consequences of her decisions in the marriage. Luckily, I've been able to get out of that and I don't have to deal with it anymore. But that's a prime example of how the marriage or a relationship could also have an impact. And it may have nothing to do with their own personal ability to control or manage their own finances. Yeah, in a vacuum, it sounds really bad. Right. But until you know the context and before you know a person, before you know if someone is a good person or a responsible person, just hearing this information will deter somebody. You know, I think you need more pieces of the puzzle. Now, I want to end on something that, Chris, you told me earlier about what women think about you. So what is this? Maybe this is just the world of Los Angeles. Maybe it's my charming personality. Eh. I don't know. <laughs> on a number of occasions, I'll share one story. I was seeing this woman, and we were together for about two months, maybe three months, and we were out one night and we were talking about potentially going on a trip or future plans or whatever. And she said, well, it's okay. You're rich. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm like, huh? She said, yeah, you're rich. You can take care of all of this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, I really think, you know, we can do whatever we want. And I'm just glad that I'm with a guy who I know can provide for us. Where and did I, she get that? That's what I said. I go, how rich do you think I am? <laughs> and she's like, no, you come on, you're joking with me. Like, no, you really are. You've got money, right? Because you're joking with me. I go, I don't got any money. <laughs> <laughs> if I have money, show it to me. I don't understand what made her think that. Well, you know, I think there could be any number of reasons. But the funny thing is, is she's not the only one who has said that to me. There have been a number of women over the course of the last several years who have approached me with this concept that, oh, he's rich and he's going to be able to provide for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a vibe I give off. I mean, that's not the worst vibe right? you could give off. <laughs> or if they are literally searching... For a guy who will take care of them. I mean, you do carry yourself well. Of course, I, I will pay for every single dinner we ever go on. And I will, you know, take care of people. And they, I think, can translate that into, well, you know, if we're going out for a nice restaurant once a week and he's covering it, he must have money. Oh, yeah. Now that could also... Because you are generous. Right. That could also be a result of past relationships where maybe they went out to on a date and the guy took them to Cheesecake Factory or something. And Okay, I love the Cheesecake yeah, Factory. You no know, judgment uh, to the Cheesecake Or McDonald's. Okay, or well. got to Chipotle and said, oh, I forgot my wallet. Can you cover tonight? I mean, if they've had these situations, having a guy now say, you know, let's actually go out for dinner yeah, could be a big change. Maybe. Okay, funny story before we end. This is really funny, actually. Now that I've built it up, it'll be the lamest story ever. <laughs> But I don't know, maybe a year ago, I was on Tinder and I was swiping. I matched with someone who, you know, I thought was attractive. He asks what I do because I live in D.C. and that's apparently, you know, that's the first thing people ask here. I tell him I run a business helping people with online dating, which always gets interesting responses from people. And it's actually very telling for me because if someone says, oh, my God, you're on here only for research, blah, blah. That's a very self-absorbed way to look at it. But if someone says, wow, that's amazing, you started your own business, that's obviously a great positive response. So this guy said, I know someone who does that. Hmm. And I said, oh, neat, who? Mm -hmm. 
And I said, I probably know them. He's like, well, I don't know this person personally, but a friend of mine knows her. She's in New York. And apparently she does very well. Hmm. And I said, well, I need to know who this is. And he's like, I don't know the name of the company, but you want me to tell you the name of my friend who told me about her? I said, yeah, sure. So he says the name of his friend. I kid you not. I was at my office, my co-working space. His friend is sitting right next to me. She's my friend, too. The person he was talking about was me. (laughs) Because I was spending a lot of time in New York. Yeah. Oh, my God. So the best part is nobody knows how I do at my business. I mean, I've had it seven years, so you can surmise well. But I loved it. Apparently, she told him, well, she does really well at this. So I said to her, hey. He told me you said I do really well. And she goes, oh, my gosh, are you offended? I said, no, flatter is great. So anyway, he and I never ended up meeting. But I just thought it was hilarious that he was talking about me to me and about how well I did, which is nobody's business. And I just thought it was hilarious and kind of great that that's a vibe I gave off. Yeah, that's pretty Especially because every other day I get the most annoying questions from people. (laughs) Oh, that's your real job? (laughs) Or like... What do you do full time? Yeah. Or you can't make money at or that, you can make, you? You make money as a dating coach? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm a hustler. It's actually interesting when I go out on dates, I have a lot of different jobs. You know, for those who are listening who don't really know me, I there's a lot of things that I'm involved with. I think that also that sounds so has, sketchy, by the way. Yes, it, it's meant to. The mob, I, what else? I think that's also in part why, I th- you know, women who... Uh, get to know me, they think, oh, he must be rich because he's involved with, like you said, mob boss and, <laughs> you know, and sketchy uh, drug deals and some arms industry. Right? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I do all of these things. And so they may just naturally think, oh, like he's in technology. Well, he must be a really smart guy. He must have a great job, right? But it's interesting as you talk about jobs, I do go on dates and depending upon the dates that I'm going on and what their questions are, Mm -hmm. I may not really fib, but share with them one of the lower paying jobs. Like I teach. Just to see the reaction. Yeah. So they're like, so, you know. You do live in LA. which So what do you do? Oh, I teach. Oh, you teach? Oh, I thought you were like in technology. Interesting. Well, I do think a lot is how you carry yourself. And, you know, I think... People are more successful who carry themselves successfully because people want to work with people who have that confidence. I also think that living in Los Angeles has a lot to do with it, unfortunately, and not to overgeneralize the bulk of the population in Southern California. But there are a lot of women out there that are basically looking for a sugar daddy. How about men? Are men looking for sugar mamas? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There are a couple of new dating apps and websites that are specifically for finding sugar daddies and sugar mamas. Look, if that floats both people's boat, you know whose problem that is? Nobody's. (laughs) I think we've reached our limit on this conversation. Well, my account has reached a zero balance. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Transaction closed.